Coming up in this episode of Dark Winter Nights, true stories from Alaska. This boy has not said a word in one year, one entire year, because one year ago he witnessed his father commit suicide and he hasn't talked since. We've been to psychologists, therapists, we've done everything and we came together to see this beautiful land but really to support this little boy whose name is George. He's 10 years old and we're encouraging him. We're giving him love and, and, and we're praying for him that he comes out. Hope we thought maybe a trip to the wilderness would pull him out. Josh Weiser tells the story of the most unforgettable experience he has ever had in his nine years driving a tour bus through Denali National Park. The Power of Nature, up next on Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. I'm Rob Prince. If you have listened to a lot of stories from Dark Winter Nights, you might have noticed that we do talk a lot about how nature can kill you up here in Alaska. What we don't always talk about is how nature can heal you up here in Alaska as well. And so that's what we're going to do today. In June of 2004, Josh Weiser led a tour through Denali that he will never forget. It wasn't just because it was an incredible day for seeing wildlife or because Denali was out, but also because of one special boy who was on his bus that day. Here's Josh. Between 2000 and 2009, I was a tour guide. My job was to drive 53 people on the Denali, on the Denali Road uh, for about eight hours. Now that's 53 people a day times five, usually five tours a week. So that's about 265 pa passengers. Multiply that by four, we got 1,065 passengers. Uh, a three-month season, that's uh, 3,100 and nine seasons, that's 28,600 people that I've had the opportunity to influence um, in a positive or a negative way, but uh, I've, I've done my best. You know, after every tour, I would consider, you know, what, what human story took place in that on my trip that is going to last forever, and alas, it's hard to find it. After a while, all the all the, the faces blur. Uh, they, people begin to speak the same. They dress the same. They walk the same. They ask the same questions. And my God, how do I refresh myself? I got to inspire people every day. And so I would say a prayer that, I, that inspiration would come. And on June 7, 2004, an incredible encounter took place on Tundra Wildlife Tour 24, one that I will never, never forget. Well, here we are. Now, all 53 people, you are all on my bus. That's incredible. I don't know how you smashed in there. There's people sitting on laps, whatever. And, and so I'm going to introduce myself, as I always would do uh, before every tour. Duenta, how is, my, how is your inner spirit today? Sugujra Joshua, my Indian name is Diget, which means get out of here. Very flattering, but uh, I've got so many names, I don't have time to explain each one. All right, now we're, so I just picked you up at the Princess Hotel, and now we're, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be entering the park road. And this six million acre park, it's an incredible park that you're going to see. And I remember the words of Charles Sheldon, who was considered a naturalist and a, a father of the park, who says, when the weight of the world tries to rub you into the ground, go to the wilderness for healing. 
Let the power of nature soothe your spirit and give you peace. All right, so now we're moving along, we're moving along. Then I say, uh, first of all, I want to remind you that this, this, this six million acre park is not the San Diego Zoo. I cannot guarantee that you're going to see all the animals or any, any of the animals you want. You, want, you all want to see, uh, you, want, you all want to see a doll sheep, a moose, a grizzly bear, caribou, maybe a, maybe a wolf. You want to see the mountain? I can't guarantee that. So now we're, we're cruising along, we're cruising along on the road, and somehow these people have earned good things because there is a bull moose, 1,600, 1,800 pounder, incredible wreck. Wow. We stop and the whole, it's on the, the left side, the whole bus leans over. People are, are fighting. They're looking, going, trying to get their pictures. The whole bus is leaning. I'm in, I'm in terror. Calm down, calm down. It's a riot to get that picture. Incredible shot. We're, we are seeing what's called a grand slam. We are seeing all the key animals, moose, caribou, doll sheep, uh, grizzly bear, wolves, the mountain. I know it's going to come out when we get to it. It's absolutely incredible. And so we're driving along. And my God, there it is. There's the bear. It's a, a sow with two cubs right off the side of the road. Holy cow, this is incredible. I ooze up slightly. I said, please be quiet. Please be quiet. Please, we're easing up slowly. Now, all this time, I've been looking in a rear view mirror and watching at my audience. I always look at my audience, you know. I'm looking at you. I'm trying to see if anything is, is getting through. And I'm noticing two-thirds of the audience seem to be paying special attention to a boy in the middle of the bus who is a blank stare. No emotion, no feeling, just staring. But they're, they're telling him, you know, do the ooh-ooh, you know, yeah, that's good. You know, did you, did you see that moose? Isn't that incredible? And, oh, wow, we got a bear here. Look at the bear, look at the bear. Trying to encourage him to respond, but he's just comatose. Two-thirds of the bus seem to be having direct and great, caring, loving energy toward this boy. The other third of the bus toward me, they're all dressed in yellow, and these are RV tourists. You know, these RV uh, groups that go along in the caravan type. They're all dressed the same. They have the same hats. They have weird cheers, and uh, I call them rubber duckies. <laughs> here we are. We're parked here. We're looking at that incredible sighting that we rarely see, maybe 10, 10, 20 yards from the bus right in front of this little boy. And this guy in the back seat, this rubber ducky says, what kind of engine you got in here? You got a Cummins engine or what's Al's and transmission? Well, how do you get good miles and get good torque and get a power on this thing? What are you talking about? We're looking at this, keep it down, keep it down. You know, I got one in my rig, you know, $100,000 RV, you know, and, and Allison works really. What are you talking about? Would you please keep it down? What, why are you here? Why are you in this? Well, I took a picture of that bear already and all I need to do is look for an Eskimo. <laughs> Lord, Lord, I, how do I get this guy off my bus? This is, this is terrible. All right, now we continue on, finally we move on. The next stop is Polychrome Pass, a beautiful pass in a glacier valley overlooking, there's a river, there are glaciers, it's an incredible scene. People get off the bus, and those people that care about this little boy, they take him off to a beautiful uh, wildflower tour. Uh, and then the mother stops and comes up to me and says, you know, Josh, you've been doing a great job, you've been humorous, you've been engaging us, and I'm, I know you've been looking at the mirror and looking at my son, and that is my son. 
I have to tell you, this boy has not said a word in one year, one entire year. Because one year ago, he witnessed his father commit suicide. Shot himself right in front of him, and he hasn't talked since. We've been to psychologists, therapists, we've done everything. And this two-thirds of us, we're a, a church group, we're, we're prayer people, and we came together to see this beautiful land, but really to support this little boy whose name is George. He's 10 years old, and we're encouraging him. We're giving him love, and, and, and we're praying for him that he comes out. And hope we thought maybe a trip to the wilderness would pull him out. So keep on doing what you're doing. Maybe we'll have some luck. Keep on doing what you're doing. We continue on. Beautiful vistas, more wildlife. And then we get to approach the mountain. There's a mountain approach, and I do this all the time. At the base of the mountain, we stop, and the special music I play in order to really inspire the people to this incredible scene that's ahead. Ah. All right, we're moving up. We're hanging on, okay. We're looking around, we're seeing beautiful vistas, but I'm timing, it's got to, the timing has got to be right, you know, because there's a dip there, and if I'm too slow, I'll miss the crescendo. If I'm too fast, it won't work. Come on, hang on, come on, you can do it. And oh my God, there's a whole flock of ptarmigans. Do I run them over? Look at the marmots on the road. Get out of the way, please. All right, come on, I'm, I'm speeding up. Oh, I'm a little behind. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. come on. Easy now, easy now. I'm almost there, I'm almost there. Okay, there it is, the top of the ridge. I can make it, I can do it. Come on, horsepower, come on, Cummings engine. Come on, come on, and there. There it is. The mountain is there, in all splendor. Oh, it's an orgasmic experience. And people are clapping just in the bus. That's exactly what they did. There it is. Your dream, you come. Your pilgrimage has been met. There is Denali. We get off the bus. I gravitate toward George. Say, George, isn't that incredible? Look at that beautiful mountain. And he's just... I do some pantomime for him. Boo. Boo, right in front of George, nothing. It always works with kids, what's going on? And so I say, all right, so I, I pretend, okay, here's a rope, and I'm gonna lasso the mountain, we're gonna pull it together. We're gonna pull it together, here, George, come on, let's pull together, and I have got him here. Let's pull, one, two, three. He's not doing anything. Come on, lift up your hands, limp hands. One, two, three. And the people are watching in the bus, uh, they're outside, and they're smiling, and one person says, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. It'll happen, it'll happen. We get back on the bus and we're going back now, second half of the tour, and there's a beautiful river and a, and a, a bridge. We stop on that bridge, I always stop on there. I say, hopefully there's no other traffic, we're all alone. And I say all our lives, we're, we are slaves to time, especially on a tour. Time, when to get up, when to eat breakfast, when you got your tickets for the train. There's always time. But now we're going to work on here and now because that's the essence of this. Here and now, you're here right now. I'm sorry we can't get out on the bus and do a five-mile hike into the woods, 
but this is the best I can do. We're going to let Mother Nature sing to us through this river. We're going to be quiet, and we're going to listen and let that healing spirit of that river flow through us. And so here is this, the sound of that river. And people are usually, oh, please stay longer, please, please, I don't want to go back to the hotel. And we continue on our journey. The next stop, about an hour and a half away, is Teklanika. And at Teklanika, nicknamed Tekalika, this is where <laughs> they have a big deck. And we stand all around. I make sure people are seated in a half circle. Now we say thank you for the gorgeous gifts that have been given us on this tour. And we do it by dancing the song that I taught you. Everyone, okay, and I get the men to, you know, stand like you mean it, get the balance. And I'm moving, you know, 53 people, I'm working at it, I'm sweating, I'm working at it. The women are standing behind, okay, and I, I want the women to be moving like this. And in the old days, I've seen pictures of hair sw sw spinning around as they really get into the song. Okay, and I, and I go one round singing the song to them. pretty good, all right, and I, sometimes I pick on somebody who looks totally spaz and I move it around. I notice every time I do that, the sewer truck is always there pumping out sewage, <laughs> but he stops when I'm there, because I'm the only one that does this, and other drivers come with their buses. Oh my God, Josh is there. It's, it's going to ruin my day. Sorry, although I do encourage others to do this. All right, uh, to join in with the dance. I give this drum. I always select someone to be... To, to be the drummer, and who do I select? George. I give George the drum. He takes the drum, and his head is down. Take the drum, George. Take the drum. And holding my hand on his, I try to give him a beat. All eyes are on George, especially, especially the group that's been with George all this time. But he's just, come on, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. And we sing the drum, and he starts in, and I start singing. And he's just, come on, it's all right. We can do it. Take your time. And then something happens. I don't see it, but one of the others in the audience, his lips are moving. And he gets the rhythm. And he starts mouthing the words. People are singing. And he starts hitting the drum, hitting the drum, hitting the drum. And then he starts pounding the drum, pounding the drum. Everyone is dancing. Everyone is dancing, and they are dancing for George. He is hitting the drum, and finally he just smashes, 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 he smashes it. And he just, he, he is right there. He is, he is just, words are coming out. And the whole group comes around. The whole bus, they are coming around. They are, they are all around us. They are, they are uh, praying for him. They are saying so happy for him that, that something is happening. Something is coming out. 
George gets up. And the first thing he says is, I'm thirsty. <laughs> we get back onto the bus. And by the way, I didn't mention that all the animals that we saw, they were coming to this dance too, and they were crying too. They were watching the whole thing. We go back, and we get, finally we get back to the hotel, and we leave the bus, and he is talking on the way. He's talking about what's this and what's that, and people, the mother is just tears. Everyone's got tears. He's, he's talking. He hasn't talked for a whole year. And he's asking every question that he, he's trying to catch up one year of silence. And then half hour back to the hotel. He gets back to, they go, they leave, they get out of the bus. They're the last to get out. I say to George, George, I'm so proud of you. This belongs to you. It's for you. And as an afterthought, he is, you know what he's doing now? He's, He's, he's training to be a talk show host on a radio station in Cincinnati. <laughs> Thank you. Josh Weiser. He shared that story at our April 2016 live event in Fairbanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, The Power of Nature episode. Today's episode was edited by myself, Rob Prince. Story consultation by Lori Newfeld. Have you heard the news that the next Dark Winter Nights live event will be November 19th at 7 p.m. in Lathrop High School's Herring Auditorium? Tickets are on sale now at darkwinternights.com. We hope to see you there. We're always looking for help putting on our live events, too, so if you'd like to volunteer, you can send us a message through darkwinternights.com. Volunteers get into the show for free and get a cool Dark Winter Nights t-shirt. For the record, I value your time more than that, but that's all we can afford to pay right now. Remember, these are the stories we tell up here in Alaska on Dark Winter Nights. I'm Rob Prince. Not only that, but these are also the stories we tell here on KUAC. And it takes a lot of people, time, and resources to bring them to you. If you'd like to pitch in to help keep these amazing true stories from Alaska coming, then here are the folks to tell you about making your gift right now.